0: Welcome to this uh, episode of the Down the Pole podcast. On this episode, we are looking back at uh, uh, the game against Pacific on the weekend in the, the playoffs. Uh, obviously, Gary's here. Hey, Gary, how's it going, pal? Good, mate. How are you? Good. good, good. Well, I guess considering the result, not too bad. But uh, yeah, it, it was a really good day all around, though. Like, you know, like obviously the result didn't go away, but the, the club put on a band beforehand and it just felt like a party atmosphere and I know you kind of said beforehand, I think you tweeted something that like it doesn't really matter uh about the result, like how much that the, the teams turn around. I think mm. that kind of carnival atmosphere just added to that kind of thing. So I I, I <clears throat> like obviously I'm upset that we lost, but at the same time though, it's just it's just great to be everybody excited and all that kind of good stuff it was it was a lot of fun
1: yeah everyone seemed into seemed to be in a really good place like i agree with you felt like everyone had turned up with the mo of we're going to have this i mean knowing it's the last time you're going to get to do it all season i think helps True. um so everyone just turned up determined to to really enjoy themselves and i thought the crowd were excellent actually like incredibly engaged the most engaged i've ever seen the supporters people were very intense People were reacting to everything that happened on the pitch, and it just made for a really, really good occasion. And shame we didn't win, but I think as we'll get on to talk about, I like, I don't think we we didn't win because of anything tactical or because of the players that were picked or anything like that. It was just a game of inches, and that, that's football, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it was. It was a really close game. Like obviously, we had a lot more possession, but I think that specifically really held us tight but before we get into the game and 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 get a little bit more in-depth into it i just wanted to uh get your opinions on um the the the, obviously we're recording this on a wednesday so there's only partial amount of what the cpl's released for the nominations for this that and the other um we did see like a lot of tweets of people saying oh i I get to vote on it this year and i guess we, we were not worthy
1: so (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean mate what do you what do you think the reason is you and i were not asked
0: to i i just think that uh they when you think about it it's because we're europeans and they have an agenda <laughs> an anti-european agenda
1: <laughs> let's get that propaganda going yeah
0: exactly yeah so I, I, what,
1: what i think it is, mate i think because you have a Molson Core sponsorship. Maybe Heineken had a word with him and went, <laughs> "Hey, can't be mixing with anyone that's." It's, it's like when when footballers have boot deals and they can't play for certain clubs because it's Nike against Adidas. So I reckon they've looked at uh, that and gone, "That Anthony, he's got a big deal, multi 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 million dollar deal with Heine- with um, Molson Core. So we can't can't fuck around with that. So I think that's what it is. Nothing to do with you or your opinions.
0: Well, what about you then? Where does that leave you?
1: Um I don't know to I uh, just worthless opinion. Maybe yeah. I just don't yeah, I'm not sure. I, I actually just sure.
0: think that that they think we're a pair of twats and our opinion just
1: doesn't care. Well they they would be right <laughs> if they thought that. It's an so accurate for, opinion. You know, and it's to a, be honest, all, I I would have like I would have lent no integrity to it. I'd have just voted for the wondrous person in every category, to be honest. Maybe, so. maybe
0: that's why we didn't get uh we didn't get yeah. selected. But you know, had they picked us, it probably would have been one of the only good decisions they all year so uh anyway leave our bitterness aside uh joe <laughs> you know i am like the worst person because like i i i'm always like feel
1: like i'm left out of shit and i, like, yeah. I get like
0: i get like kind of whatever when like were i'm you, were... a man of my forties, <laughs> because i should
1: just get the fuck over <laughs> were you like that as a kid like did you always think yeah all your, li- I... all your little toddler mates were having little discussions about you and what yeah or that, like you know i didn't get there
0: i didn't what's get something you're talking about it's an amazing Irish accent. I, I just think that, um <laughs> well, you know, I always felt like I didn't get invited places and I probably didn't because
1: I am a bit of a twat. As yeah, because as well, you're so. always fucking whining about it, probably, like you are now. It's like, true. Into, what I just moan about not getting invited to the last one if we don't invite him.
0: Yeah, so you think that would mean that I'd get invited, but <clears throat> definitely not. Anyway, so mm-hmm. let's, let's leave my whining alone out of this. So <laughs> uh, the, the three people for Coach of the Year was Tommy Whelan Jr., Bobby summerriotis and our good friend Patrice geiser so let take our little Wanderers caps off here mm. uh they they're 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 doing it um based on the regular season not including um the uh the the playoffs and the the, the final stuff for like that so who would you like give it like as I said we're taking your Wanderers cap off
1: I mean, it's t- it's Tommy or Patrice, isn't it? It has yeah. to be. Although I'd I'd find it quite funny if they finally gave it to Bobby this year. It'd be like when um when um Leonardo DiCaprio won the Oscar for for the Covenant. The, Is it Co- the, Co- the, the Covenant? Yeah, The, the um, Revenant. Yeah, The Revenant. Yeah, when it was like probably <laughs> definitely not his best movie, oh. but they're like we have fucking got to give it to him eventually. <laughs> uh, so it might give it to Bobby as like a yeah, but no, it's it should be. I mean, it probably should be Tommy. Because they did win it by such yep. like such a large gap. It wasn't a close run thing. They were the outstanding team in the regular season by a distance. So it probably should be him. But I could very, very easily form an argument for it to be Patrice as well, given where we were, where he's taken us, the turnover, his first professional job, the way he's galvanized the support. I mean, you could easily make an argument for him and...
0: Like it was really, really tight, and then like cavalry just had that big burst, that big kick. They kicked on hmm. when everybody else was kind of just losing a game, winning a game, losing a game, winning a the game. They were just getting the results they needed, and I think that was down to Tommy. Like as you said, though, you know, Bobby does deserve it because this is like he's gone to his fifth final. Uh, but they <laughs> kind of they kind of changed it a little bit, and you kind of feel like uh, it was if it, it is based on. The, the league uh it would be between Patrice and uh, Tommy because I like what Patrice has done in Halifax this year has been incredible but you know taking my Wanderers cap off it, it probably should be Tommy
1: you've uh, had him on here a few times haven't you Tommy I
0: had him on once
1: You had him on once yeah, yeah. I remember it being quite a good one
0: yeah yeah so, he, he's a really, like he's a really good guy he's a good guy mm. to talk to and uh, you, he was you, in
1: you look after your mates don't you you look after the people I, that come I on do. It.
0: I do, I do. Well, I'm I'm hoping to get Patrice on, so like next year I'll I'll vote for him if I get a vote, which I won't. Uh so so, so uh the the under 21 uh, nominations, there was no wonders involved in this, so we've got no skin in the game. So it was uh, Cameron from Vancouver, Debrien Debrien, am I saying that right? Yeah uh, from Valor and Quasi Poku from Forge. Now I have had Quasi on the show. Mm. Um, and he is a very very good player, but I nice think, guy. yeah, he's a really nice guy. Uh, you know, yeah. it's uh, yeah, he's a he's a good kid, and um, he's a really really good player. And James Cameron's had an amazing uh season uh at Vancouver, but it just has to be the He's just been kind of head and shoulders above everybody this year. That's what I think anyway. But you know, old Tommy Giraldo should have probably gotten a little, yeah, uh, there. I think he's been really good this year.
1: Definitely, yeah. That how do you did De- Dibrienne, De- You say his name? Yeah, I think yeah. that's how you say it. Yeah. He's been yeah. twerking at Ottawa a bit, hasn't he? Yeah, like on Twitter, he's definitely twerking at him a little bit. And you know, with with him, I got I got a thing against him because when d- during my during my Twitter war with the Ottawa fans, when Oli Bassett had a pop at me, he liked it. That did did?
0: Oh, and- <laughs> oh, oh, oh
1: wow! So mate, I'm baying for blood.
0: Yeah, so let's not pick it. I'm joking. No, but I, I think <laughs> no, um... it,
1: it, it is. It is him. He's he's the player. He, he's brilliant, and he'd he'd be perfect for us as well. He'd be perfect for our, the way we play and the way we build, the way we look to stretch the pitch. But I think it feels like he's going to Ottawa. To be honest,
0: I I think uh, at, when he came into the the league first,
1: uh, there was a big push in Ottawa
0: for him to to go there because he's from Ottawa, I think, and. Mm-hmm. His family's obviously got gone to the games. That was part of like the, the fun he was talking about. You know, like uh, the, the they are in the stands and all that kind of stuff. But um, it, it, there was a big push for him to to be picked up by Ottawa. So I think if he's not in Valor next year, he's either going to step up a level because he's definitely good enough to do that, or we might see him back in the the capital with um with, with Ottawa, which. <laughs>
1: yeah who's the who's the Valor player who it might be him actually but I don't think it is who in the at the start of the season he won player of the month for the first month and he looked fantastic his centre midfielder he was brilliant wasn't he and he I've just haven't really heard his name in months
0: they, they, they had like they had a bunch of players that were really good at the beginning and then they just kind of they just fell away and it's kind of funny like they've they've got Four or five like really, really good players. And it just feels like there's a bit of a gap between um, you know, like like I feel like this year, obviously we had a couple of standout players, but the, the level's been kind of very similar, like for most of the, the players mm. that we have. And uh, the same can be said, I think, for for Forge and and whoever, but I just feel with Valor, they're kind of it's it's just unbalanced, unbalanced today. Kind of, you know, they've got like some really top talent, and then they've got some players that probably um aren't good enough and it like they they came out there i think somebody had posted something that um they wrote to the season ticket holder said they're going to change their scouting techniques um
1: basically they're going to spend more money spend more of the cap i guess that means
0: i think so but they also said that they're going to be looking more uh internationally and um yeah but it it just it sounds to me like because they, they need to, I think they say they need to have four or 5,000 fans to break even or to make money for the, the club to be sustainable. And they, they've done a disastrous job in the last uh, year or so with how they're engaged with their fans. And I think it's put a lot of people off. Um, And then success breeds, like look at Ottawa, like I mean, like they were kind of hovering around three and a half four thousand mm-hmm. fans. And then this year on the back of what they did last year, like it just, you know, just creates a buzz around the place, right? So, yeah, and sure. they definitely need to. I'm trying to think of who that player was you're thinking of. As I said, they've got quite a quite a few decent players in there. Like, you know, like if, if you know... Uh,
1: Gutierrez? Is there someone yeah, called Gutierrez, maybe?
0: Yeah, uh, he's really, really good. There's uh, Dante Campbell. is really good. They have... Uh, De Brienne. they had uh, Ohines pretty pretty much been kind of like a good player for them for the last couple of years. Andre yeah, John, I Baptiste. think I
1: think it was Gutierrez, mate. I think that was him. And they're, they're goalkeeper, I'm sure someone's yelling at the the, yeah. the stereo right now, but stereo. Oh,
0: there you go. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have transported back to 1995, um, and it's... their their goalkeepers were good too, man. Like that he I, I think is uh, probably one of the best goalkeepers in the league too. Um, and then today, obviously, we had. The defenders uh, who were listed it was uh, Nimick, James and Clump from Calgary. Uh, so take your your wanderers cap off again. Um, who would you pick from
1: those three? I'm putting it straight back on. It's Danny Nimick, isn't it? it has to be. I know. I like Clump. Clump's really good player, but yeah, Dan Nimick for me. And that's that's taking that's with, no. That's my with my hat on and off. Like I, I think I'd say that anyway. think he's been a revelation and barely put a foot wrong all season um he has a ledge
0: i think um just from the the rumblings i've kind of seen around i think that clump will win it Mm -hmm. but i think personally though that dynamic um has as you said been a revelation he's been incredible um and i think it'd be a shame if he doesn't win it but i i think just from what they're kind of what i've seen here, there, and everywhere, it seems like Clump will probably get it. Because he's like he's a solid guy. He, when he came into the league, was it last year or the year before? And he's just he's just yeah, he, he always pops up with a goal when they needed to. And I know that Nimic's done really well for us this year with penalties and his his assists and stuff like that, but I don't know, just there's something that it just needs to be gearing towards Clump, but I I definitely think it should be Nimic. Like, I mean tr- I think I saw that you got three assists, six goals for a defender is pretty mm. fucking special um yeah so that's uh that kind of housekeeping done and our our grumpiness and i've been trying to avoid and just talking about that fucking game on saturday to be honest (laughs) (laughs) but um it just just the lead up, as i was talking like the lead up to it like the fact that it was sold out and like tickets were like gold dust it was just it's just another sign of um the, the how Big the club is in the city now, and how much we definitely need this the this, this stadium and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, cracking on into the game, a, obviously we, there was a bit of a a lineup change where we had Jake Ruby switching to right back, I think, and Zach Fernandez mm-hmm. out on the left. So Wes uh, dropped to the bench, and like obviously uh, Wes has been outstanding for like the past two months or so so what do you think was the reason for that change
1: i'm not sure i'm not sure i mean wes has been a bit in and out over the past couple of months (laughs) a few weeks sorry so i don't know if maybe he's carrying something but jake ruby is a really good player yeah like he's he's a really good player so we're not it's not it's not like really a step down when he comes in because he's very good as well so zach fernandez on the left they obviously see something there which they like it felt to me like they because Aidan Daniels also moved to the left-hand side. He wasn't a left winger. He was kind of the 10 that lives in that left half space in the pocket. And I think they wanted to get Aiden Daniels, Massimo Ferrin, and Zach Fernandez playing really, really closely together. Because if you think about kind of the technical and attacking talent on that side of the pitch versus the right side of the pitch, where Jake Ruby, fantastic fullback, but he's not the most attacking. And Callum Watson, a fantastic off-the-ball 10, but he's not hugely attacking either. He's more of a yeah, like a an off-the-ball player. So I think they kind of put their eggs in the right left-hand side, we'll get those three working in a little pod. Triangles, overlaps, they're good enough to play together to to work on these relationships. So I think that's probably the the thinking. I, I don't imagine that they foresaw Pacific lining up in a 4-4-2 um with two big guys up front i don't think anyone really saw that coming because they're very much a 4-3-3 sort of team so i like i'm i'm fine with it like at the end of the day it feels strange seeing zach as a left back but he's he kind of produced moments in every single game where he's played left back which justifies him playing there um and it's just another way of of making the the opponent second guess themselves the the only thing I'll say about him at left back and like i I don't think he would have scored that own goal if he was playing as a right back and not not because not because of a of a like so you know you know when where he's standing when that ball comes across he kind of he tries to clear it with his left foot, but his left foot is at a weird sort of angle yeah. And I just feel like if he's playing as a right wing, a right back, he's the one kind of facing up to that player, or clearing the ball kind of on his stronger side where he can, he can, he can hit the ball a bit more cleanly. And I, I think that just a little detail like that, but you, you can't see that, you can't like guess that that's going to happen. So, yeah, um, I, I didn't mind it. I, I, I like Ruby and I like Wes probably do, equally.
0: Do you think it had anything to do with like the uh, the pace that? Pacific had on that right hand there, right hand side there, left hand side. Like they've got like that Reid guy and then Dada Luke, who is super fast. Like I know, like Jake Ruby, as you said, is like a really good defense, to me, but like he doesn't have the same amount of pace as what Zach mm. Fernandez has. Do you think that was the way uh popped into his head of like why you put him
1: there? One hundred percent, yeah, one hundred percent. Especially <clears throat> when you remember the first time he ever played as a left back was when we were playing Atletico At- Atletico Ottawa. And assey was playing right back for them, A similar sort of physical profile to Dada Luke. So yeah, I think that's definitely what what part of the thinking is.
0: So you know, like, if like we had like so much possession, there was a couple of like little loose passes in the middle and stuff like that, and it was like I I, I think part of it is that the game management that. uh specifically we're trying to do because they obviously played on the Wednesday night they didn't get in here I think until Friday so they had very little prep time so it, it almost felt like they were like happy to that us due to running because they were probably bollocks from from mm. whatever but they were really difficult to break down whatever way they'd set up and um and that first half uh you know we had a couple of like pot shots and you know we kind of created a little, a little bit of chaos but they really set up really well against us to to you know just kind of catch on the counter which they did a couple of times.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to know how Pacific set up, James Merriman can tell you himself because did you see that little clip that the league put out of? It was quite a nice little short montage video they did of the day of the game and they were in the changing rooms and they showed stuff from what happened in the game. It's on their Instagram account. And when they're in the Pacific locker room, they're filming Merriman talking and you can clearly see in the background their white tactics board. And all of the information on there. So excuse me if I just look at my phone while I say this. So this is what Merriman had drawn on their tactics board. He has his team playing as a very, very narrow 4-4-2. And then he's look the way he's guessed our lineup, he's got one thing wrong, first of all. He thinks Daniel's going to be playing right wing and Watson playing as the left 10, but they were actually the other way around. But other than that, he's spot on like the double pivot, Ruby as a right back, Fernandez as a left winger. Um, other things he's done is he's put a little star next to Nimic's name, Caligari's name and Ferrin's name, which I can only guess is him identifying them as danger players who see a lot of the ball. The other two things he's done, which are really interesting is he's done a huge blue circle around Ruby's name and he's written exploit 1v1 exploit 2v1 over ruby's name so they've obviously identified ruby as someone that they can kind of overload and move two players to play close to him and exploit in those situations he's also done a massive blue circle around fernandez and in capital letters with an exclamation mark he's written exploit the gap so they obviously know which everyone knows it's like we've talked about this for fuck's sake like this isn't like (coughs) genius. they obviously know zach fernandez is going to play as a left back but he's going to play as a left back who push it really, really far up, and there's going to be a gap in behind him. And he's actually also drawn a line going from the EO of Eastern Onguero pointing into that space behind Zach Fernandez. So that's their game plan. Narrow 442 block. Exploit our wings when we commit the fullbacks forward. Um and it, it I don't I don't really want to give the credit of saying it worked because again it only works because Thiago Coimbra header was one inch higher and uh, Riley Ferrazzo shot was one inch higher. Like that's what football's such a low scoring game that I feel like sometimes we put way too much stock into the result. And, but if you, if you played that game 10 times, we only lose that once or twice. So I just think James Merriman and fair play to him was trying to maximize, maximize the squad they had, maximize players who had, 90 minutes in their legs on Wednesday. So designed a game plan, which accepted that they would see possession, which kind of stuck two big boys up front to be release valves for them when they finally did get out and then just hope their speedy wide players would get something on the break, which, which they did. And yeah, it worked, but I don't, I don't think it was like some stroke of tactical genius or anything.
0: The second half, <clears throat> we definitely were opening them up a, a lot more. Um, it, it, it just seems like the um uh, we we were starting to turn the screw a little bit and obviously they are probably getting tired after all the travel and all that kind of stuff and I, I don't want to make excuses for, for Pacific either because like you, you just you still have to play your game but uh, like it was just so agonizing wasn't it like with the mm. with that header, like the header especially because I think Farato's one was actually a, a cross that was kind of uh, yep. went a bit awry and the, the keeper has got a fingertip too but the, the the Coimbra one was the one I thought that mm. like like standing behind the goal too and just watching it cannon off the uh, the, the bar was sickening
1: <laughs> Yeah and the Dan Nimick the, the Dan Nimick header as well that was cleared off the line, those were the yes. two I think the two that you thought oh god and yeah I mean that the, the stadium would have exploded if if we scored on Saturday, it would have absolutely exploded. So that's a shame. It's a shame we didn't get that moment. But um, I feel like we will get that moment again within the next year or two. I,
0: I, I know that like, a ton of people have uh, gone through this uh, in depth with the with the thing. So I just thought I'd talk a little bit more about different little bits of pieces that happened. But uh, the, the t- I found I thought that the time wasting thing uh, that Pacific did, like. A lot of people in the like on Twitter and stuff like that were about afterwards. And it's like yeah, you know, Jan's been doing that all year. Like you, you know what I mean? It's kind of like you gotta you, you gotta play you gotta play the game and any like I would expect any keeper to do exactly what Gazdov did in that situation and just because like they know the keeper can't be asked to leave the pitch, right? So they know that if he goes down, like whatever. Mm. And it was it was kind of funny, like their uh uh, one of their defenders <clears throat> who was going over to check uh, in in the is that the goalkeeper's okay? Like started like smiling and laughing at the, <laughs> the fans in behind the behind the goal, and then you kind of like, squirt like a little bit of water, and you just kind of it was just a bit of banter. Yeah, which you know I love that. Like I think that's there should be more of that in football, where you know, uh, like, and we're really lucky like how close we are to the to the ground and stuff like that. That we can have those little moments with players and. Uh, I there was a couple of moments as well where like people were giving Didich shit as well, and he was kind of smiling mm-hmm. and kind of laughing about it. But um, for for you, like obviously you're in 104. Uh, all the stuff that kicked off after the game, mm-hmm. did you get a, a bird's eye yeah. view of all that, all those shenanigans?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. I saw him do the the now infamous Degeneration X crotch chop. <laughs> um. <laughs> what a little fucker like it's like (laughs) it's very satisfying that he got a red card for all of that like because i'm I'm sure in the rules of the game he should be getting a red card for that i don't i don't really know how it works but yeah i'm sure but the, the thing was it with the thing with him like aside from from a wondrous perspective where i mean you you want you want to see his comeuppance because like he was he was applauding us and like laughing after the goal, And like, he kind of ran along the long side of us just like sarcastically clapping after they'd scored and stuff. So obviously (laughs) like he, he was like presenting himself as the the pantomime villain and leaning into that role. But if, if I'm, if I'm on Pacific's coaching staff, I would be fucking livid with him for all of that, not just to sending off, but I would be livid with him for winding up the supporters because you, if you think of like your classic team talk before, a team plays at Anfield or a team plays a, a really hostile away environment. What's what's the last thing the coach says to them before they come out? It's silence the crowd, take the yep. crowd out of the game. Don't give them a 12th man. Don't give the crowd anything to shout about because your your dream scenario as the away team is to start playing that game against us, is to keep the ball or something. So the crowd are taken out of the game and are silent. But what Donald Luke did is the opposite. He got the crowd on their feet and he got the crowd incredibly engaged and loud and passionate. That's the opposite of what he should have been doing. Like, this is me pretending I've got a Pacific hat on. Like, it, it, again, red card aside, like, it doesn't look like he fucked up there by doing that because they ended up winning. But I feel like they could have had a much more comfortable match if he hadn't have done that because the crowd wouldn't have had this little villain to get in te- like intense about. And so, yeah, he's... Um, he'll probably have got an earful from his coaches for that, despite I, the fact that they won.
0: Well, as well, like, I mean, like, the like, there's kind of... I know adrenaline gets gets into these things, and uh, as you said, he's playing the, the part of the villain, and then, you know, the final whistle goes, and there's the emotions and stuff like that. But what he did was, like, absolutely stupid. But mm. the thing... This isn't me being, like, all kind of, like... uh offended by anything because like you know like i'm i i don't really care but the fact that he was doing that in front of the section he did where there's like families and and all that kind of stuff i feel like the league and pacific uh, and himself should have come out and like maybe apologize a little bit for his behavior because it's like you know it's not the normal uh winding the crowd up as you said like like what what he like you know walking past slow clap in and whatever like mm. that's that's fine but he, he did overstep a line i think and it just doesn't, yeah. It just felt weird that, like, the, you know, he got the man of the match for whatever, <laughs> and like, they, like, they, and which is fine because they always pick these things before the game ends anyway. But it, it just, it just felt kind of weird that nobody's like acknowledged what led to that red card and the, the scuffle yeah. of what he did. It's, it's just really weird that they are kind of just they, pushing on the carpet.
1: They mentioned it on um, the show that Andy Petrillo and Jordan Wilson do, and they showed someone from 104 filmed it happening, and they, they showed the footage. So one soccer at least did acknowledge it. But the, the man of the match thing was weird because when I saw – I kind of saw that before all of the footage came out and stuff, and I was like, I thought he had a bad game. Like, maybe I just – saw the game wrong and I looked at his stats on sofa score and he I think he only played 10 passes all match and only made 6 of those passes and his his duels were quite good but there wasn't that many of them so I just thought that was a weird decision do, anyway because I don't, I don't think he was very good Do you know who crossed the ball for the OG? Nah It came from uh, the left hand side though didn't it so it wouldn't have been him
0: Okay because I'm just wondering because that's usually what they do if you're involved with a goal or you score a the goal mm-hmm. they give you a yeah, good true. performance of the game but um so then um did you also see like uh, so he got two uh, two he's got a two game ban so like he's totally mm. fucked they're himself appe- They're
1: appealing it but I don't see how you can appeal video footage of someone <laughs> I know, cr- I know. Cr- it's chopping cr- it a family <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> so, like to be honest like I like I, I don't really want to defend him because I think it was a dick move but I like to give him the benefit of doubt I don't think there was a conscious Thing in his head where he consciously, consciously thought there is a stadium, there is sorry a stand full of families and children. I am going to crotch chop. I don't think that happened. I think he was just caught up in the moment, probably emotionally a little bit immature as a person or whatever, and just kind of did this thing that he probably does in training to his mates when he gets the upper hand on them and stuff. And I, I imagine as he was trotting away, he thought, "Oh fuck, what have I just done?" Because as has come out since, all the players were talked to by the league after the whole Cavalry-Ottawa thing about don't antagonise supporters and stuff. So, I think very, very quickly, he probably had a moment of oh, no. Um, so, yeah. But then, um, I I didn't get to see
0: most of this because I'm uh, obviously at the, the other end, but um, the, Daniel Henry is the one who's come out the worst of all this because he's got a three-match ban. So, mm. like what what, what I, I know that he came... Wading in with a, sh- a shirt off.
1: <laughs> it was so. That was right below me. All of that. When it was... So,
0: so like, what what happened there then? Like, I, I just like I said, I only kind of cut like it. does very. The footage isn't great, so like, I, I don't, like having an eyewitness uh, thing yeah. would be uh, amazing.
1: I mean, I it was it was a bit of a mess in there. So, Dada Luke does his crotch chop. Dan Nimick spots it happening out of the corner of his eye, and instantly he's like, he's gone. He's like, head's gone well not heads gone but he's like livid straight away I've yeah. yeah. seen him do it and i th- i think the players families sit in the area that that's true know, yeah yeah i think uh... it towards so i think the players i think i imagine they all have family members there so i think that was like a massive instigating moment so dan Nimick runs over omar spots him as well omar runs towards him jan Philion appears out of nowhere running towards him as well there's a bit of a scuffle Pacific players pile in, and that and no way you just see fucking Daniel shirtless <laughs> <laughs> just charging into the mix. And, like, you know what he looked like to me? He looked to me like a player was like, I don't give a fuck if I get a ban, I'm probably not gonna be playing anyway next season. <laughs> it's like, nothing to lose, boys. And he just starts like shoving people, like getting in people's faces. And I think a Pacific coaching staff member must have said something to him because. I think he was a coaching staff member. The guy didn't look like a player because as it kind of like dissipates a little bit and people start chilling out and going off, the coaching staff guy has someone pulling him away towards a changing room and Henry just makes a fucking beeline for him. Just like he's like parts the crowd and just starts charging towards this guy. But luckily he gets stopped before he can knock him out. But I don't know if that guy said something or who <laughs> knows what was going on. But it was, yeah, it was very... It was quite funny, really. Yeah, like, quite funny.
0: and that's the thing. Like, like looking back at it, like, like, it, um, I think the CPL. I one soccer put out there that like, a, like a video saying that, uh, Pacific Pacifica won and Halifax weren't happy about it. Blah blah blah. Like, which isn't the context of it all. I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that we lost. No. It was the fact that like somebody was. Like doing something stupid towards the fans and as you said like the like the family usually sits up there anyway but it was just kind of it, it was just kind of funny and I, I just think it was a, a like a, a kind of like a little kind of a, a funny way to end what what, what was it, <laughs> what had been like an epic season and just kind of like it was just a little bit of a I, at the moment at the time obviously it wasn't lighthearted really and obviously as I said what that Luke did was kind of shitty and like something should be said to him or he should apologize or whatever but it was just kind of like a nice, like little kind of weird. What's <laughs> been you know, a you know crazy stuff, season
1: stuff like that is it's good for the league. Um, like I felt like that a lot this season that, um, like a na- not a nastiness. What's like a softer way of saying something like a, a tension? De- or whatever. Definitely it's definitely like... been a
0: there's definitely been like a more of it because I think the league has been so close this year. There's definitely mm. been like more of a kind of a. a a rivalry feeling between a lot of the teams, and it's not just the kind of traditional ones of Forge and Calvary. I just think that everybody's kind of getting into everybody's faces because everything's been such small margins this year because the teams are so close that mm-hmm. it's it's when you do win is that kind of sense of like we fucking did it, and you kind of want to just like celebrate and stuff for like that. Um, and I think that's been one of the the biggest things this year of the league is like how. Like, obviously, we're still going to end up with Forge in the final. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I somebody posted, I think somebody put on, uh, like, I think it was like a journalist in Toronto or something like that put out that, oh, you know, about the, the, the guy who runs the league, his team's been in the final like five years, and like that, which just fucking horseshit. Yeah. Like, it's all got to do with yeah. the fact that Ford is a really well run team, and uh, playoff football is their fucking forte. Like, Bobby Smirniotis exactly. has got it down to it, an exact science, so. Um, and,
1: and the, the thing, that you see the argument every now and then, and the key point that misses is Bob Young is also the majority owner of the league, and it is absolutely not in his best interest for Forge to be winning it yeah. every year. Because yes. if he wants eyeballs on the league, it can't be a predictable league. So there's he probably is sitting there going oh, God, I wish we weren't in the final again. <laughs> I wish it was Halifax, so I also have a bit of a slice of the pie off um, instead. And like that's, that's why you could never get behind any sort of anti-Halifax referee conspiracy, league conspiracy, because I promise you, if you polled everyone who is invested in the league, all of them would want a home Halifax CPL playoff yeah. final, desperately, because it would look so good. There's so a good.
0: reason why they're putting a women a national women's team game in Halifax in a pop-up stadium like there's a reason <laughs> for it. like like yeah. let's let's be honest but um you know like I I, I do want to get your uh your man in the match for I know it, it kind of seems a little bit redundant but who was your man in the match for for this one
1: it's Aidan Daniels for me by by a margin I thought I was so impressed with him in the second half of that game I thought he was fine in the first half, but I, but like when everyone came out for the second half, he was honestly he was a man possessed for the first 20, 25 minutes of the second half. And like it, you could literally see him internally make a decision of I am going to be the person that single handedly turns this around. He was like, I think in in big occasions like that, some players get lost and some players kind of hide from the ball a little bit but he was actively looking everywhere he could to find the ball and drive at drive at pacific trying to make things happen and I was so impressed with him and I kind of I was really hoping he would score or something because I feel like if he would have assisted a goal or scored a goal he would have been he would have been the conversation after the match um but he unfortunately didn't but I I loved the attitude I loved his attitude in the second half and yeah Aiden Daniels
0: Mine is uh, Daniel Henry just for coming in shirtless <laughs> into that melee and uh, <laughs> causing all sorts of havoc. No, I, I actually think uh, um, Daniels was probably my my one too, to be perfectly honest with you. It was, kind of, it was kind of tough because it was a really, as I mentioned, it was kind of a really tough game for us because when you look at the stats and chances, to create, like the, the shots on target and shots and stuff like that, like we, we, we dominated the game, <clears throat> but uh, it was just... As you said, like the football sometimes is just the fine margins, but yeah, Aiden was was really good. So, um, I I did I did want to just before we we shoot off like we are gonna do like an end of season review properly where mm-hmm. we all give out the down the pub uh, awards and all that kind of good stuff and the puppies the pubbies. and uh, we're we're hoping to have Patrice on the show to kind of get his
1: little who who um, won up who won up puppy of the year whatever the player of the year last year was. Uh, eh. Was it Zach often, Fernandez maybe? I think it, I think it probably was. yeah uh, or Fernandez. yeah it
0: was definitely one of those two. Uh yeah, um, so th- this year's gonna be like a, a, a harder decision I think but um yeah I, I did want to just uh, obviously for yourself um you know you, you released your 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 piece yesterday about the, the season and all that kind of stuff and it's got like quite a lot of traction on on Twitter and but like fantastic thing to read and it, I'm I'm really happy that you're getting so much attention from it um a lot of people like giving you kudos for and and i saw derek martin said today that was really good and and all that kind of stuff but i kind of wanted to just it was okay with you just kind of get your your process of like how you go about putting your your blog like your blog posts together like so what do you start how do you start? You know how do you, how does the the process? Because it, like it's as I said, it's so well written. It's it, it was it was it was just, it was a lot of fun, and you can tell from people, there it, it was a, a really really great description of how this season went for everybody.
1: Mm, I like I didn't like I didn't actually plan to write that, so I lost the domain name, so I wasn't really going to do it anymore because I thought like Josh and Martin from the coast have been writing some brilliant stuff about the club all season so I just I feel like that's enough like that's good enough like what they write they're both really good writers so like there's enough there's enough out there but then I was sitting in I had a day off on on Monday I had the morning the day off and in the morning I went to the gym and then I went to the the coffee place on Spring Garden Road and I was just having a coffee and thinking about the season And I was like thinking about this idea of how like you remember sporting because you remember sporting moments so well, you can remember life events so well as well. And I was just thinking about this breakup I had when I was like 18 or something and I was at university. And immediately after the breakup, I went and met my mate at the pub and watched Arsenal versus Man United and Man United um, ended our unbeaten run. And I remember that day because me and my mate joking in the pub like fucking hell that's been like one of the all-time worst days like <laughs> you're like two-year girlfriends <laughs> broken up with you and Arsenal and it was just lost the unbeaten run and like this idea of how we anchor these memories to sporting moments and I was just thinking about like like personally like a lot of things had happened to me and during the course of the season and how I'd always kind of know when I thought of those personal events I'd always like know when they took place because I would remember the game I missed for this and talking to Shep during the game about this thing that happened to me during another game. And so I was just thinking about that. And then like, you know, when you had a coffee and you're feeling a bit energetic, I was like, I could probably like squeeze something out about this, like write it down. Um, And then I got home and I just started like fucking about, and for some reason, like whenever, whenever like I write anything that's like quite personal, I always use second person. Like, you know, like, if you know like first second third person yep. i don't know if you remember like high school english or whatever so second person is like you use the word you use you instead of i and it it kind of it creates this weird little thing where you can be really like self indulgent
0: or, or you're kind of like looking down on yourself kind of thing
1: yeah and it but it also kind of like projects it onto the reader so when you're reading it you kind of think you're the one you're the one doing these things even though you're not and i think i do that because if i like i'm writing something really self indulgent it feels weird saying, well, I thought this and then I felt this and then I did this. But if you do you, you're basically still saying the same thing, but it doesn't feel so self-indulgent. So, yeah, I just started writing and then I was going to do like just about the season. Then I started thinking about like the live event you and I did and the conversations we had around it and how that kind of informed about how we felt about the season. Um, I just, yeah, I just started like hyping it out. And then I knew I wanted to like, focus on the forge match a bit just because like personally it was just such an emotional evening and like one of my favorite games ever like in terms of being live there and then it just kind of like kept going kept going and my mum was visiting as well so I was like kind of thinking about conversations I'd had with her like about the game and um yeah and then the title for the title of it I like I was like couldn't think of what to call it but I'm listening to this Charles Dickens audiobook at the moment, The Tale of Two Cities. And in the first chapter, like this character is asked where he's going. And he kind of mysteriously replies, um, recalled recalled to life, recalled to life. And so I was just thinking about that. And yeah. And then I just took me Monday afternoon, just wrote it all out and then edited it a bit Tuesday. Wow. And there we go. So
0: what is the Charles Dickens thing? Is it read by Charles Dickens?
1: <laughs> no you know what actually like i do i googled it the other day because i was like is it i was like when was he alive was is there any recording of his voice out there but it's by like, 10 years he missed he, he missed out unfortunately
0: you know um as you mentioned with josh and and, and with martin and stuff like, that, like you know like it, it I, it's very hard to when you're not that kind of um way inclined to be uh productive that way to kind of feel the process like to hear the process it always kind of amazes me that like you're able to just sit there on a monday and just like bash that out and it, it doesn't yeah. feel like that was done in an afternoon and i felt like you were just like chipping away with that like for for <laughs> you know what i mean like it's kind I've, of funny uh,
1: yeah i know i, I always like my, my mom when she worked as a librarian so in the summer holidays i'd always like we couldn't afford a babysitter or whatever, I'd have to stay at the library for all day. So I always like liked reading and stuff. And I think I think if you've always read, you would just you just mentally have this idea of what sounds good and doesn't sound good. And probably like you're when you're writing, you get into a bit of a a bit of a zone, a bit yeah. of a daze. Like you're not consciously thinking of it. And I I think what's probably happening is like because of the amount of fucking sports articles I've read over my life, my brain is probably like just subconsciously referencing all of them. And going well that thing that that person wrote sounded good so and it's probably all plagiarized to be honest without me realizing
0: <laughs> so you you promised you didn't just like stick a lot of words into chat gbt and chat just, gbt
1: uh... yeah. yeah second second person <laughs> review of wonder season season all i did
0: <laughs> so so if anybody wants to uh check it out where do they well i know you said that the domains the, yeah the i don't know what
1: I, I don't know what it is now it's like fromaways.wix site or something like that but if you just um let me just on, uh on twitter follow me at Fromaways hfx and it's my pinned tweet if you want to let read, me about let me
0: see if i can find it here somewhere uh uh where are we from um so yeah it's <laughs> Tw- definitely it's probably the easiest way yeah exactly but it, it is like just just check out uh gary's uh um the twitter handle uh, from aways hfx and check it out it's so well written, and like you know, that, that this is the thing. Like, I know you mentioned about uh Josh and, and Martin, like, you, you all have your own distinct styles, which mm. you know, like, I know you said that they, they cover whatever, but you cover it in a, a different way. And it kind of um, I, it, it, there's definitely room for all three is in the in the, the the
1: Wanderers uh universe, yeah. So, just like a, just a shout out to them too, as well, because like I think what they've both done throughout the season has been. Like no other club is getting covered like we get covered like, um, like Becca from the kitchen tweeted about yesterday like kind of the amount of, the amount of people creating stuff about the club like, jo- like for Josh like the labor of love to and I've tried to do this and failed every time like the labor of love to actually sit down twice a week writing articles interviewing players reviewing matches going to training. And that's just because he loves the football club and enjoys writing. And I think, I know the club do appreciate it and I know the league appreciate it, but as supporters, I think we can kind of take that for granted sometimes and just go, oh, where's Josh's article? I want to know who's injured. I want to know whatever. And like, so he's been doing that brilliantly. And Martin, like, again, I don't think people understand what a big deal it is for him to have produced such good articles that the coast, which is, for people outside the province listening, like the coast is quite a big deal within Nova Scotia, the, the magazine he works for, the newspaper he works for. So for him to convince them to give him weekly, a weekly coverage of the club, and that's because his work is so good that people are visiting the site, are clicking on the links, the coast are making money through adverts. So they go, okay, you can keep on writing and keep on covering this club then. So yeah, both of them have, have made this season so much more enjoyable for for supporters so massive shout and, out to them
0: and the, the coast and fairness them are really good at having their finger on the pulse of what's happening in the city too and i think they probably realized that the wanders is a big thing that's happening and to have somebody mm. as talented as martin um there to, to cover it like really helps like we've seen this year like where like global have been doing stuff uh ctv have been doing stuff they've had Derek on a bunch of times and they're actually like properly following
1: the club. So like they're it's
0: just the momentum is just really building, isn't it?
1: There's a massive audience for the club. And like this isn't this isn't a toot in my own horn thing, because I think like if you ask Josh and Martin the same, they would probably give the same answer. But if I look on the Global News Nova Scotia website, it says the page views for their sports articles and stuff. And like I like I know I get more than those articles do and I'm sure Josh and Martin do as well so there's a massive appetite for for Wanderers content in the city um, and like kind of independent content as well where you can you can have a bit more freedom with how you you present it you don't have to like not swear and like kind of do the the journalist thing of like the the what where how who in the first paragraph you can avoid all of that stuff and just kind of write with a bit of personality and I think all three of us do that so it's it's good
0: yeah like uh just to like um like josh like uh, i you know i see him up in the box like at the start of the season i was in the box and it's 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 been quite a lonely place up there because like you're not really like you're, you're trying to focus on the game and like you're not actually like getting to enjoy it as much because like you're trying to keep notes and you're trying to like concentrate on what's happening and, and stuff like that and then as you said like going to the train sessions and uh getting the little uh bits and pieces from the players and making sure that like, everything is you're quoting correctly and, and all that kind of stuff I just think mm-hmm. that the amount of work that goes into it like is incredible and I, I just it just makes me feel sad that you're so fucking lazy that you want to <laughs> do this more often <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> season, season, I want to see you want to see mate? I'm like um, I'm like Ledley King <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but it's it's been like you're right that we are really really lucky that you know obviously like the, the the big outlets are kind of catching on to what's happened here but we also have independent people who um will through labour love and not making money and just for the love of what it is that they do and the love of the club that they'll uh mm-hmm. They'll take it their their own personal time and and do this kind of stuff. Uh, like you it know, stops. we we even have like Sorry. the like Derek Simon and Jerry uh, doing the um the
1: the Twitter spaces on. Mm, I love them. You. I really look forward yeah. to them. They're really fun. So
0: you know, it's just little things like that. Like you know, uh, it's just great to have around and like obviously Denton with the cookbook and all that kind of stuff so yeah. um yeah man so it, it's been it, it's been an amazing season i can't wait to do like a proper review of it and, and do the puppies and um <laughs> there's, there's a couple of other little bits and pieces that we're going to have um in the next couple of weeks and then probably take a bit of a break just because the season's over and all that kind of good stuff but um yeah yeah uh when's the, the, is it the 31st the 31st that the uh women's game is on so yeah
1: you got a ticket for it
0: no i did midweek games and like it's Mm. the kids are at the stage where we have to do like uh, i had to do like halloween stuff with them so you know but uh i just knew that thing was going to be a a massive set out anyway Mm. so um the the club did amazing to get the the, the seats sold so quickly but uh yeah so maybe we might do like a little bit of a review after that because i know you got tickets didn't you
1: yeah well i i I didn't I didn't get tickets for it, but then good Samaritan Dave Finlayson sent me a message and said he had a spare so I bought one off him so friend of the pod Dave helped me out big time and i'm I'm sitting in one oh three so
0: he reached out to you but not out to me All right. but to
1: be fair I put a pretty I put a pretty like sad tweet out there. I was fishing massively oh, fishing okay. with that. Like, oh, gosh, shame I didn't get tickets. I mean, good for the club and all, but uh, I was like, yeah, wait, wait for the little, little blue one to appear in my DMs. Someone offering me a ticket. And luckily Dave did. And another guy, I want to say thank you, Rich, Rich offered me one as well. So nice people out there. Okay. Because mate, because I put myself out there. That's why. So,
0: so, so, kind of friend of the show. Dave Finlayson uh, hooked you up with the show. So, friend
1: of friend of one of the members. Yeah, the exactly.
0: Show, yeah, yeah, the... half friend. Yeah. <laughs> <David>. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's awesome. As I said, like I, I couldn't have gone anyway. So, uh, we might, I might actually see if uh, if you're up for doing like a little because uh, I obviously watch the game on TV and get your opinions and that too because it's such a, bit, a momentous thing for the yeah. city and the club. Um, yeah, man, it's been awesome. Uh, talk to you soon. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers, buddy. Folks, please. Wake up, please. Time to drink on folks. Get out. After a block.